Welcome to Mortgage Broker Acceleration with Broker Ideas Group. Being a successful mortgage broker is not about how many loans you write, working hard, or winning awards. It's about building a high-performing business that works with or without you. If you want smarter, proven ideas to accelerate your business, keep listening. If you want to accelerate even faster, visit brokerideasgroup.com.au. That's brokerideasgroup.com.au. Now it's time to accelerate. It's over to your hosts. Hey everybody, it's James Vagley here. Welcome to another episode of the MBA podcast. It's episode 130. And today we're talking about four-dimensional workflows. This sounds a little bit ninja and a little bit interesting, a little bit secretive. Listeners, even a little bit of a, what the heck is that? Tell me more. If so, that's a good thing because we're going to get into it. Uh, before we do, of course, the man, the myth, the legend is here as always, Ash Playstead. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing really, really well, James. Thank you for the introduction. Good to be here. How are you doing? Good, good, good. And uh, I'm excited. Let's just roll it up and get in because four-dimensional workflows, this is not something, it's definitely not taught uh, outside of our world in the industry. Um, and, and even systems and building workflows effectively are not really very well taught in general, let alone from the fourth dimension or four dimensions. So before we talk about the four dimensions, let's talk very quickly about just the importance of systems and workflows. And Ash, we know the value of this. You know, if something is inside somebody's head, our listener's head, it's worthless. You know, you can't scale that. You can't leverage that. It's going to go wrong if you don't show up. No one remembers to do stuff. So having, let's talk very quickly about the importance of, just for a start, having mapped out workflows, and then we can start to reveal the four dimensions. Yeah, it's uh, it's still to this day, James, that um, it, I guess it staggers me a little bit that this isn't more focused on at an educational level uh, in our industry um, because it's quite common in other industries, and that is the importance of systems and process for building of a business. And I think maybe there's a maybe it's a byproduct of the industry evolving from its solo operator origins, which is really where mortgage broking came from. It's a, a bunch of individual people calling themselves mortgage brokers, looking after clients. But you know, back when I started, n- nobody had teams supporting them. Uh, you know, only the ones that maybe were entrepreneurs and had business backgrounds and thought, "I'm going to build a business," uh, and I know that you need to hire people and do X, Y, Z and have systems. But the vast majority of people, and still to this day, uh, treat broking as being self-employed, which means I'm the boss and I do I do the work and I work for myself. What we say and we believe is, you must be building a business. And businesses must have systems and processes. They are the foundation upon which you manage uh, uh, the client journey, the performance of your team. They're the basis on which you can grow your business, you can leverage and scale your business. Um, it's the way of getting thing, everything out of your head and into a operational system that works and that you can train people into and that you can use to identify the right people to work in your business because you know you know what's expected from a system and process basis um, and importantly of course it allows the, the key driver 
of revenue being the broker to do what they're best at, which is get out and find customer and win customer, um, which means it's, it's it, I guess it's the fulcrum to revenue growth in your business is freeing up the key, the key person. And we see this, you know, nearly every single time uh, with, with looking at uh, brokers that come to us for help is yeah, they might have a, they might have a really good idea in their mind about how a loan works, of course, because it might have done 50, 100, who knows how many loans, 1,000. Um, so they're very, very good at that. But it's only one dimension. Mm-hmm. It's only one dimension. So, yeah, I'm really, uh, I'm really keen to dive into this further, James, and you know, talk a little bit about the other dimensions that comprise a fully-fledged uh, operational system. Yep. Inside a mortgage business. Yeah, let's get into it, Ash. Um, I think now that we understand, and I think most of our listeners know the importance of systems, and I think it you know, can't hurt to keep reminding people the importance and value of, of dedicating time and resources to setting them up. Uh, but here's what happens when most brokers start to build workflows and systems. This is the one-dimensional approach. They think, okay, so I've, I've learned, I've been told that I need to build systems and processes in my business. And so someone says to them, okay, well, start to get things out of your head. How do you process a loan? Let's build a workflow for say one element of your business, which is writing a loan. It's the the big one, right? What's the loan process? And so they go, okay, uh, all right, I'll get a piece of paper out and I'll think about, right, what, what are all the steps I do to take a customer from you know, knocking on my door to having a settled loan. And in our business, we would call that your loan process flow effectively, where you're starting to think about getting out of your head. What exactly is it you do to help somebody get a loan? That's only one dimension though. And that's how most people think. It's where most people stop uh, mapping out what we call the internal workflow. Now, here's the reason this is really valuable for our listeners, Ash. If you Think in just one dimension as in, okay, I want to get out of my head how to write a loan. Well, the number one thing I see wrong with that is it completely neglects the client experience. It's exclusively focused on internal, like what you as the broker, our listeners have to do to write a loan. Well, guess what? Your customers don't give a stuff about what you do internally. They only care what's in it for them. So, and if you haven't thought and taken a moment to go, hang on, what's the client experience workflow like during the loan process, then you're gonna drop the ball. You're gonna think about all of the things you need to do, but you've neglected the number one thing, which is your customer. So that's the second dimension to workflows. It's map out what you need to do and then map out the same, you know, in the same timeline, all of the things that you want to happen to make sure that is a world-class, wow, professional client experience for the customer. So that's the first two dimensions, and maybe you can comment on those, Ash, before I move into three and four. Yeah, I, I really, really love what you said, James, and I just want to reflect on it and hope everyone is sitting back going, well, of course I want my clients to have a fantastic experience. That's one of the things that makes me a great broker. So I hope this is not necessarily ruffling feathers, but, but causing everyone to just think about the context of this is, 
yes, of course we want our clients to have a great experience. Everybody does. And perhaps in your business, they do get a great experience. But when it comes to actually properly building out a business structure, nearly always what happens is we tend to focus on the process and in the back of our mind is the client experience, but we don't contextualize what we're building internally with how that impacts the client. For example, I could pick one out very quickly and it could be, okay, at, at this point at uh, up the front, I, I get my team, someone in my team to send out a fax find to the client and the client is uh, asked to fill it out and send it back to me. Now, what is the next step? Well, the next step is, well, what's the client experience at the other end? How obvious is it? Is there a time frame? Is there an explanation? Um, is there some support if they need questions answered? There's other factors that go into play to understand what is the client experience like at the other end based on you just setting up a step in a process. So mm. I hope everybody understands the context. There's not, you know, we all want great client experiences. It's what people come to brokers for amongst other things, of course, choices and independence. And, um, but the big part of it is an awesome client experience where they just don't get from, you know, direct from the supplier, shall we call it, you know, banks, mm. the product, the product creators generally are very poor at the client experience. Brokers are amazing at the client experience, but to grow and expand a business, you've got to blend together those two dimensions, uh, not leave them independent of each other. You do, yeah. And I think a lot of our listeners, Ash, would be agreeing, They'd be, but they'd also be arguing, yeah, but I already do have a great client experience. The rebuttal, so to speak, to that, uh, that we could mostly guarantee that most, I'm pretty sure that almost all our listeners have not systemized that client experience. They just happen to deliver a great client experience because it's just what they do. It's not systemized. It hasn't been mapped out as a workflow so that every single time without fail, that world-class professional experience is delivered like clockwork. Not, oh, I've got to remember to call up that person or I've got to remember to do this or a number of the things that brokers do, Ash, through the loan process are really just ad hoc. And they would say, or argue that their client experience is amazing, and it probably is, but it's not systemized. So when we're mapping workflows, we don't just map out internal workflows and just hope for us to work our magic in developing an amazing client experience. No, we actually get a piece of paper and say, right, um, so internally we need to send out the fact find. So how does this work from the client experience? Like what happens? How do we set that up? How does that email look when it arrives? Are they going to understand what the heck this is? Is this a pain in the butt for them? Um, and you marry the two together so that it achieves what you want to achieve in your business from a workflow perspective. And it also leaves the customer smiling the whole way. And I would, before we quickly move, uh, before we move on to the next uh, dimension, uh, James, I'm sure everybody wants to hear because uh, this is really cool, but this was earth shattering for me back in, you know, back in the day when, when this was pointed out to me and I figured it out that the client experience needs to be systemized and blended with the process. To me, it was earth shattering. It, it made such a massive difference to me in my understanding of how to build a business beyond just flogging yourself. 
like I've told this story so many times, I won't repeat it, but writing a lot of loans, which I did a thousand loans, but it was all at that point, it was all because I was just exceptionally good as an individual for managing my own diary and following everything up. But what happens with that approach to business is the work and the flow accumulates, 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 and eventually the time comes when you, your bandwidth is blown out. And unless you have stepped aside and got help with building a proper workflow with proper client experience married in, uh, you are capped very quickly at your capacity. And not and it's worse than that because everything's in your head and you're you're trapped inside your own business yeah. uh, in a pretty in a pretty bad space. So um, I just want to point that out to everybody. It, it might sound this can can come across as even mundane, and perhaps it is, but it is earth-shatteringly important to building a um, business excellence. Yeah, and when we're talking about building business excellence and leveraging beyond yourself and scaling, so if we think about, okay, I've built my workflows out, I've got my internal process mapped out, if you're still relying on great people to run that process and you're just hoping that they're amazing, Well, that's not a very good business strategy, right? Uh, If you want to scale and leverage beyond essentially canning and cloning what you as our listeners are doing, for example, if you know that your client experience is amazing, great. Map out the workflow internally of getting a loan processed and then map out and put on paper all of the things you naturally do through that process that gets that amazing wow experience then you can systemize those things so that you can teach other people to do it. Whereas if you just rely on people to do it just by chance, it's not a very good business strategy. So let's move on to the last two, Ash. Um, When we're mapping workflows out, we get a piece of paper and we get things out of our head. We map out what we want to happen internally. We marry that with amazing client experience. A lot of people, again, they stop there. What we need to do is take it two more steps further. We're going to look at all of these major steps and all of the details, every little task and every little job and milestone that has to happen for, in this example, the loan to get done and for the client to be happy. We've got to work out what all those pieces are and we have to allocate those tasks. So what's the task, who's going to do it and when? So there's a lot of detail that goes into building this. That's the third dimension. And the fourth one is what we call accurate execution. So that's essentially the system. So you can map out your workflow. You can map out the milestones and the tasks. You can put in the client experience. You can allocate them. You can allocate KPIs and deadlines. But that still relies on someone to know how to do each of those tasks. So accurate execution means every single milestone and step and detail along that way is built into a repeatable system, framework, script, automation, uh, emails, like just things that are essentially copy-paste and repeatable, not something that is in somebody's head. So do you want to expand on those last couple, Ash? Yeah, I, I sure do, James. Uh, I, this stuff really excites me, right? I, I know I, I, I nerd out on this stuff, right? Because I know the critical importance of this 
to so many parts of experience, the capacity to grow, et cetera, et cetera. So really, um, just to talk for a moment about task allocation, there's a, there's a really important nuance uh, to this that um, I'd like to point out. And obviously, you know, we, we've worked with hundreds of brokers over the, the past few years, James, and one of the very, very common things that happens when uh, I go through this task allocation step, which is, you know, who, who does what? Uh, in the business, in this workflow, nearly always, with virtually no exception, when I ask brokers this, it's they tell me what everyone's doing now, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas what we should be doing is working towards what it looks like when it's benchmarked at best practice. This is a very important distinction when you're looking at the role of the third dimension in these four dimensions is when you're allocating tasks uh, to, to team members or to roles specifically, that's the other part. Mostly people tend to task uh, allocate tasks based on the capabilities of their current team as opposed to benchmarking it to the role. Um, we should be working towards what is best practice. Now, I hope this makes sense. How can you work towards best practice when you're allocating tasks based purely on what you're doing now? as opposed to what best practice looks like. Now, maybe the gap is this um, uh, lack of awareness or insight into, well, what does best practice look like? And, of course, that's where we work with our members to, 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 you know, to put that in place. So I just wanted to point that out with task allocation. It's not just a case of saying, oh, well, Sally does this and, 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 and Paul does that and Mark does that. Just because they're doing it now doesn't mean that's best practice. It doesn't mean that's the maximum productivity or efficiency, right? Yeah, that's that's probably the crucial uh, part of this conversation we haven't touched on yet is that when building workflows in, in one or four dimensions, like it's not, as Ash said, uh, you're not looking at your internal workflow and your client experience and your accurate execution and task. The, yeah, all of those should be world-class best practice in an ideal world, not Here's how I do it right now. I'd, I'd like to say when we ask our clients to map out uh, some of their process flows, for example, writing a loan, loan process flow, you're not going to tell them to do what you do now. You're going to say, map out sort of what you do now, but you might start with that. And then you might think, right, blue sky thinking, ideal world, how would I make this even better? So I love that you brought that up because... We obviously want to get things out of our head, but then we want to also put what's come out of our head through the washing machine, so to speak, i.e. a second set of eyes on it that has best practice in mind to say, what about this? What about that? Maybe tweak that. That's where you're missing so that you can actually take what's out of what's in your head, put it down, improve it, and then systemize it. So I'm really glad that you brought that up because it's, yeah, crucial. It's, it's, it's a real piece of gold, everyone. Take that away. And it's it's one of the fundamental building blocks that we work on with our clients that it just takes a little bit of effort and a little bit of insight to understand, well, what is best practice? And I, I challenge everybody, uh, James, perhaps to go away from this episode and have to think about, well, what would a world-class mortgage, four-dimensional mortgage processing system and business look like? How would it work? 
what role would do what task, how long would it take, and how would I how would I measure or how would I achieve accurate execution? Now this is the last piece of the rope, right? You know, the four dimension is like four strands bound together make a really strong rope. You know, and the, and the fourth strand that makes the strong rope is accurate execution. So it's 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 great to have the workflow. It's great to have, blend in the client experience. Then you work out, you know, what's the world-class best practice task allocation and time frame for every task to be completed look like. And then the last piece is critically important is what is in place to make sure things happen, how and when, and to what standard of accuracy every time. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's definitely not uh, an easy or an overnight task. Uh, I'm guessing a lot of our listeners could uh, brain dump their internal workflows for one particular process. For example, uh, how to write a loan or what we call loan process flow. That's one workflow. There are dozens of workflows that you need in a business from managing partnerships to how you might sell to the loan process to building of team and HR. There's lots, right? So, um, yeah, that, that's just one element of it. And, um, yeah, it does take time. That's what I was getting at. It's not something that happens overnight. You can get the basics onto paper pretty quickly. Here's the milestones. Here's the building blocks. Here's what I want the client experience to be like. Here's the allocation of tasks. But when the rubber hits the road, Ash, as you mentioned, is the time and detail on ensuring accurate execution and then continuing to tweak and improve that workflow over time. And this is something that, you know, our members work on consistently. It's always improving. You don't build it once and never see it again. It's a breathing, evolving organism, so to speak. And how how exciting, and I use the word exciting, how exciting and comforting is it to know that when you're putting the work in, you know you're doing the correct work. I really want to point this out. This is one of the the key things from the four-dimensional workflow, and I see this all the time every day with the people we work with, um, James, is I think that they all have a good work ethic. They all want to put the work in and, and are prepared to do what they need to do. But the missing piece is, well, what is the correct path to follow? You know, what is the correct methodology to follow? I'm happy to put the work in and follow it, but there's so many options, so much different advice, so much people out there telling us what we should and shouldn't do. If I just had the correct way to do things, I would do it. Now, listeners, this is the correct way to do things. This is the path. This is the four-dimensional workflow. I want everyone to take that away and be really excited about, you know, what your life would look like down the track if you know that you're building things the right way to best practice, to the right benchmarks um, to achieve your business and uh, personal ambitions. Yep. Yeah, it's very exciting stuff. It's uh, we, we talk about it a lot in this podcast, listeners. It's that, you know, you need to build a business and building a business means building systems and workflows and something that's robust, i.e. a business that truly runs with or without you. And when you arrive at that, it's liberating. It's, uh, it earns you good money. It's wealth building. It allows you to do the things that you love and none of the things that you don't. But it takes time. It takes effort, right? Um, and it's something that you need some help with. So if you'd like some help with building out workflows, systems, 
and doing it comprehensively using best practice, give us a buzz, talk to the team and let's see if we can help you as well. Um, Hopefully you've enjoyed this episode on getting a bit more ninja with building out workflows and uh, Ash, I don't know what we've got in store for next episode, but I'm sure it'll be a juicy one. I, I really nerded out on this one, James, talking workflows and systems. I hope everyone got some great nuggets out of this and yeah, we'll, we'll see you on the next one. You betcha. Ash, have an awesome time. Listeners, have an awesome time and uh, looking forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now. Thanks for joining this episode of Mortgage Broker Acceleration with Broker Ideas Group. To keep getting smarter, proven ideas in your inbox every week, subscribe to the podcast now over at brokerideasgroup.com.au forward slash podcast. If you want to accelerate even faster, access our proven results-driven programs, live events and free resources available at brokerideasgroup.com.au. That's brokerideasgroup.com.au. And until next time, remember... Life's too short to play small. So dream big, believe big, and go big with Broker Ideas Group.